Alright, legends. Welcome back, dude, to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly, okay? Starting things off this week, we have, for whatever reason, our second retraction of the year. This one is not as serious as the first. If I'm being completely candid right now, I can't remember the first. But, quick retraction from last week's episode. I spoke, some people would say, at length about Harry Styles doing a shoey. And I had some fun banter, positivity, really getting around the whole concept of us peer pressuring these millionaire superstars into doing a shoey live on stage in the middle of their artistic performance. I was all about the whole thing, okay? Brimming with good vibes, and it was just a really upbeat segment. I, th- I think we would all agree. Later that week, I found out that when Harry Styles did a shoey, it was actually water in the shoe. It wasn't even beer. So that that changes everything, dude. If I knew that, the whole tone of that segment last week is just flipped on its head. That would have changed from, you know, a joyous, positive six and a half minutes to it could have really morphed into something pretty toxic looking back. So maybe for the best, I didn't have that information. But Jesus Christ, dude, how hard is it? If you're doing a shoey, it has to be alcohol. Some people would argue it has to be beer. I probably would be one of them. But I've seen people nail a couple of white claws out of a Nike TN, and i got to say, it did get me going. So looking back, I had no idea. I'm not endorsing this behavior in any way, shape, or form. Okay? The shoey has to be alcoholic. I I don't think there's a man or woman in this great nation that would disagree with that. And the thing is, mate, if you're not drinking alcohol out of the shoe, you're really just hydrating from a very dirty glass, you know? Go get some water out of the tap, you absolute animal. But I don't know, dude, that is just, it's no good, okay? He's ripped the soul out of the shoey. It's like when the Americans tried to remake Kath and Kim. It's like, you fucking, you don't get it, okay? You don't get it. So, sorry about that, uh... I retract last week's positivity regarding that subject. I'm going to quickly move on as I don't want to sort of be a negative Nelly at the start of an episode. But let's crack into things. I also have my Australian stand-up tour coming up, hitting all the capital cities. I'm in Melbourne for 11 shows, March 29 to April 9. Then in April and May, I will be in Perth, Brisbane, Newcastle, Canberra, Wollongong, Adelaide, and finishing with my biggest show ever in Sydney. So come along if you live in those places or drive on in. Schooners after guaranteed. Ticket prices are reasonable and I am extremely talented, dude. So I'll see you there. You can get those tickets via the link in my Instagram bio. So check that out. Anyway, let's crack into the podcast for this week. Guys, I know... A few weeks ago, this isn't a retraction. This is just me just admitting something. A few weeks ago, I was openly bragging to Rowan on this podcast that I had been reading Ulysses by James Joyce, a classic 20th century novel. And I was tearing into that thing, okay? I was up to my guts in culture and literature and other stuff that ends in cha. 
and it was just great, okay? I wasn't fully wrapping my head around it. It's a very complicated book to read. It was written in Dublin in like 1915. It was banned in like 74 countries. Double check everything I just said. But it's a it's a literary masterpiece, so, so they say. And it's difficult to read, but I thought, come on, Bill. You've got to get some fucking literature into you, mate. You know? I had just finished off Matthew Perry's autobiography. He played Chandler in Friends and did nothing else after that. And his book was so bad and so drenched in his own selfishness and self-loathing. The only thing I got out of it was that I never, ever want to have a beer with Matthew Perry. Okay, I don't know if anyone's ever writ- uh, read a book, I should say. I don't know if you've ever read a book where you've put it down at the end and thought, I've actually gotten dumber from reading that. You know, I could have watched Friends bloopers on YouTube one afternoon and got more out of it than I did from reading that psychopath's book. So it, his book was so shallow and so poor that it rocketed, it put a fire under me. I thought I need some more culture in my life. ba 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 I Google best novels of the 20th century, okay? I don't want any 21st century horse shit written by someone younger than me. I said, let me get let me get into the wars, you know? Let me really find out who's who in the literature world. And, you know, I was hanging in, okay? Chapter one, sort of got it. Chapter two, pretty good idea, okay? Chapter three, Wow don't know what was going on at all. And I think, to be honest, it was too big of a swing to go from Chandler from Friends straight to Ulysses by James Joyce. I probably should have had like a Harry Potter stepping stone in there somewhere. Maybe it's probably better to go Chandler, Chamber of Secrets, Ulysses, something like that. Read Lance Armstrong's book again, but with a new context. Just... I needed that stepping stone. I was out of my depth. Uh, there was there's large chunks of Latin in the book. By large chunks, I mean upwards of two to three sentences at a time. But I think we could all agree that anything more than three words of Latin is a large chunk because that's come from nowhere. There's no amount of Latin that isn't too much Latin, especially when you're attempting to read it. Okay, if some elf in Lord of the Rings wants to fire off a bit of Latin before casting a spell, I will sit through that. But as far as reading this stuff, next to impossible. Okay, so very difficult. For chapter three, I needed to consult a chapter summary just to work out what the hell was going on. And it turns out not only did I not really... I. I thought I had a bit of an idea of what was going on in chapter three, but I was actually nowhere near to the point where chapter one and two were back on the table. You know what I mean? Like I thought I knew what was going on in the first two chapters, but if the same brain that thought they knew chapter one and two was also reading chapter three, then we're going to have to reread those first two because I was nowhere near, dude. And it turns out like the Latin was like more important than I thought. Like there would be, it would be, you'd be reading along and it'd be like, Kate poured a cup of tea, three words of Latin. There's blood everywhere. The knife, a person's running away. It was like, what the fuck was that Latin? You know, I don't know what that was, but it was a lot happened in that Latin sentence. The plot is moving forward in a crazy pace when it moves to Latin. So 
Very tough. Turns out the whole book is based on Homer's Odyssey. Okay. And this is what really, when I found that out, that's when I did drop my head. That's when morale fell through the floor because it's one thing to read a book and not really understand it. It's another thing for that book to be based on another book that you also don't understand. Okay. Has anyone ever been so dumb? It's become like an inception style scenario because that's the situation I found myself in. I was not understanding one book, but it turns out I was not understanding maybe upwards of seven, okay? And this is just, it just spiraled from there. I tried to do chapter four, no good. I renewed the book for an extra three weeks in a pretty desperate bid to stay in the fight, but I think we all know where that went. So return that bad boy before I got a fine, admitted defeat. And yeah, it was tough, dude. I wish I could have understand it, understood it more. You know, they're rewriting Roald Dahl books at the moment. I don't know if anyone's seen this. They're taking out offensive words like fat and ugly, other describing words, I'm not sure. But let's put that to the side because I think they're rewriting the wrong books. You know, Can, they should be rewriting Ulysses by James Joyce for the 21st century lad. Tag me in, boys. I'm ravenous to understand what's going on. I just don't have the tools, you know? And it's like, yeah, people, I guess children read the word ugly in BFG and are offended by it for some reason. But the word ugly, it may offend me. It, it absolutely wouldn't. But let's say it does. At least I understand it, okay? There was a word in Ulysses, eglantine or eglantine. I still don't know what it means, okay? That word made me feel so much worse about myself than the word ugly ever has. You know, just the fucking self-esteem hit trying to work out what Eglantine means mid-chapter three. That's way worse. We got to rewrite the right books, you know, because there's too much going on, way too much going on. They're rewriting these Roald Dahl books. <laughs> so they're taking out fat, ugly uh i think maybe i don't know i didn't i didn't you know i'm sk i'm skimming these articles i don't know what's going on but the big news i saw is that the oompa loompas are now gender neutral this, <laughs> this is this is true this is true the oompa loompas are now gender neutral as part of a new rewrite of charlie and the chocolate factory okay now, I don't know how progressive these kids are. When I was a kid, if you were reading full stop, that was great. You didn't have time. Interpreting was way down the track, okay? And it wasn't up to, when I was a kid, it wasn't up to the child to sort of push the author around and say, I don't like that word. You know, you just, the author wrote the book, you read it. It was a one-way street back in the day. I feel old talking like this, but the world we live in now, they're rewriting books. And now, as a result of these rewrites, the Oompa Loompas are now gender neutral, okay? Now, I think I'll say what we're all thinking. I'll speak on behalf of every listener of Get Around Me that regardless of the Oompa Loompas being gender neutral or not, I personally still want to fuck them. So, you know what I mean? Business as usual here at Get Around Me as far as the Oompa Loompas are concerned. I personally don't care how you identify uh, if you've got bright orange skin, green hair, and are from another planet, I am fucking into it, dude. So, 
Oh, God. Oh, my Lord. But, yeah. So, they're rewriting books I was never going to read. The ironic thing is they're rewriting books I can already read. The books I can't read, no one's helping. So, at the very least, we could abolish Latin. I'm desperately trying to become a reader. I just picked up a Sally Rooney book because I read Normal People and I liked it. So, that's my new goal. The other thing is it's pretty hard to read if you're too blazed. So it's like, I've just got too much going on. Am I relaxing or am I reading, guys? Because I can't do both, okay? I'm one man with two hands and a, and a dream, okay? And that's, I'm doing my best. I think we need to bring back the colors for books. Remember when you were a kid and there was colors assigned to each book? You'd be able, you go from like blue to, to fucking, you know, red onto silver, and I remember one time I took a silver book home from year two and I remember opening that bad boy up and that thing may as well have been Ulysses by James Joyce. I remember thinking, I'm out of my depth. You are not a silver boy just yet, Bill, okay? You get back to blue where you belong. But yeah, Aussie nibbles, Aussie bites. It was, you know, because now I'm an adult. I'm just at the library swinging from the hip and I got no idea what I'm getting, dude. So bring back the class system. You know, Aussie nibbles, Aussie chomps. I remember Aussie chomps were like the big ones. I did see a homeless guy taking bites out of books at the local library, but I don't think he was there to assist. I think he thought they were a form of nutrition. So, you know, something to think about. But anyway, let's get into the yarns from the week that was. Okay, so what about this? Last night did a gig in the inner west of Sydney. The trendy, trendy inner west where comedy lives, babe. Love it, okay? Anyway, so it's before the gig and I'm going to the bathroom. There's a toilet straight ahead. It's two unisex bathrooms, right? I'm trying to paint a verbal picture of the setup to convey the yarn itself. So what happened was there's a bathroom to my left, unisex. There's a bathroom two meters ahead, straight, okay? It's a hallway. It's a small hallway, Bathroom to the left, two meters ahead, bathroom straight ahead. Woman walking in, in front of me. She goes to the bathroom straight ahead. Now, as she goes to the bathroom straight ahead, I turn left, I go to that one. Okay. Now, as I'm opening the door, I see that a bloke comes uh, from the other side of the hallway and he, he goes to the bathroom straight ahead. Then, as I'm entering the bathroom on the left, the woman turns around and sees me entering it and thinks I'm cutting in front of her. You know, whereas I thought she was going to the bathroom straight ahead. I didn't see that bloke coming either. But it was like, I'm literally shutting the bathroom door as she turns around. I hope this is clear. But basically, as I'm shutting the bathroom door, she goes, huh, real smooth, buddy. Like insinuating, I like purposely cut in front of her. And she's like a 40-year-old woman. So it's not like... It's not someone I'm really in the market to have a go at, you know? As far as people having a go at you, ideally you want like 19-year-old bloke or 63-year-old bloke. Obviously, you're not going to abuse a woman unless like she does something fucking bizarre. But, you you know, like you're not going to yell at a woman over really anything. It's just a terrible look. But if some 19-year-old bloke wants to have a go, then that's like, yeah, fuck this kid. You know, and then 63, it's like, yeah, this bloke's a piece of shit, but he's probably too old to do anything about it. So that's, whereas anything past 63, you're like, this guy's a pensioner. I'm not engaging in a verbal stoush 
with a pensioner. Anyway, I'm taking a piss in the, it's like a single stall. I can hear this woman (laughs) while I'm taking a piss. She's talking shit about me to some bloke outside. She's like, oh yeah, this bloke pushed in front of me. Fuck, he's not bad. Just another bloke does whatever he wants. Like just ragging on me, dude, ragging on me. And, and I'm just, you know, once you start pissing, you can't stop. So I'm just sitting there. This has happened once before in my life where I was at a 21st and someone was talking shit about me outside the bathroom door and I was taking a shit. And then when I came out, it was awkward because, well, it was awkward more for them because it was like a misunderstanding. I think they thought, what did they think? Oh, that's right. There was a whole, that's a whole nother story. Okay. That's a yarn in and of itself. I don't want to get too inception with this pod, but Anyway, second time I've been using the bathroom and someone's been actively talking shit about me outside the door. The difference is the first time, they didn't know I was in the, in the bathroom. This time, this lady knew it was me and she was doing it on purpose. So whatever, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to get out and apologize. I get out, she's gone to the other bathroom, she's gone. So I'm like, oh, damn it. Now this is like, you know, now this is an open issue. Now this is like a sort of a, a half-off band-aid. I just want to see this woman, apologize, even though I really, I don't think I did anything wrong and move on. Okay. Anyway, so she comes out of the bathroom. I'm at the bar getting a beer. I say, hey, by the way, I thought you were going to the other one. Sorry for pushing it. And she goes, oh my God, no, I'm so, no, I don't care at all. And she's like, so apologetic. And it's like, babe, I heard you talking shit about me for about 17 years outside the bathroom store, okay? I heard the tone of your voice, the vitriol, you know? The freaking, the low tones, the high tones, the cadence. It was all very mean. So she apologized immediately, whatever. Go upstairs and do this gig. Guess who's in the front row? This chick, okay? Now I got to deal with this. So anyway, I go up. And I will say fair play to this woman. She, she was laughing, okay? So that's an example of the arts bringing people together. But then what happened next was these two gay guys in the front had just been so interrupting during the first half of the show. I was in the second half. And here's the deal, dude. There are different types of hecklers, much like different types of altercations. You know, if some, if some white guy with a face tattoo has a go at you, you probably don't want to have a go at him back for safety issues, but if you were to, the crowd would be on your side because of social dynamics, okay? So I go out there, these gay guys start heckling me off the rip. I don't even, I don't even start my first joke. They're like fucking, I don't even, can't even remember what they said. They're just like talking so loudly. They're like talking to me. It was annoying. But the other thing is, when you start your set, you haven't built up any credit points for the audience yet. They don't know you. You could just be some piece of shit in a mall rat t-shirt. So you can't really have a go at anyone until you're doing well enough with the crowd where they like you enough to pull that off. So these guys are just chatting to me. They're like, oh, we like your hair. I'm like, okay, lads, stop that. And anyway, so I'm doing my set. They're just interrupting me constantly, dude. And let me tell you, if you're in Marrickville or the inner west, the trendy inner west, and you're getting heckled by two gay guys during Pride Month, Two days after the Mardi Gras festival, you fucking take that on the chin, okay? This is not your fight, John. You know, your war is over, okay? So I just sat through 
merciless interruptions from these gay guys. And it was just, but like, they were so charming about it. It was fucking annoying as shit, dude. Like they weren't heckling me being like, you suck. They'd be like, oh my God, that's just like us and shit like this. So annoying. Completely torpedoed my set. I'm stopping and starting. I'm I'm coming back. I'm going around the corner. I miss my ex-girlfriend. There's so much going on on stage, dude. And just an absolute fucking... They torpedo the set. And anyway, I'm sort of ducking and weaving, you know. This is just... You're not going to freaking have a go at a gay fella during Pride in the Inner West, okay? It's just not the time. It's not the crowd. There's just, you know, this is just not your battle. The issue, though, I have is these guys heckle me relentlessly. Okay, let's put that to one side. These gay guys having a go at me, great stuff, great classic hits. Got no qualms with any of that because they did, they were interrupting the other acts as well. So, you know, fair's fair. The issue I have, (laughs) this is kind of funny, I guess, is that next act was an Aboriginal man and these gay guys were so fucking respectful, it was out of control. Okay, it was like they fucking lost their voice boxes. They, they, like they were just, they sat there in complete silence for the whole Aboriginal bloke set as he went about his business uninterrupted, God bless him, while these gay guys sat there in just the most respectful, I think they had their, their legs crossed, tape over their mouths, they were just, they were laughing at setups, you know, they were just throwing cash at him, here, here's 50 bucks, you know, like they were just loving it, they couldn't have been better crowd members. And then after the Aboriginal bloke gets off, next comedian comes on, they're back to interrupting every 37 seconds like it's nobody's business. So, you know, it was like, uh, it was interesting to have like woke hecklers at a comedy show and like they weren't mean. But here's the thing is, if you're interrupting, I find that mean in and of itself. You fuck my rhythm, okay? Take me, but not my rhythm. That's That's my words to live by. But it was so funny watching these woke freaking inner West guys interrupt the show and just be a nuisance, but in like a progressive way. Like they would like, they were so respectful towards the Aboriginal act, just horrifically rude to the others. And it's like, you know, this is still just rude, lads. Okay. This is still just rude. So that's the world we're living in. And ironically, full circle on this, the best crowd member of the whole night was the lady I got in a fight with at the bathroom an hour and a half earlier. So keep your enemies close and your friends closer or or whatever. But yeah, a few different social dynamics at play last night and it's, it's a bloody weird world to navigate when you're in the inner west. Okay, couple of stories to get into from the last week. First, big cultural event. Not the right word to describe this, but anyway, Jake Paul fought Tommy Fury in a like, YouTube boxing match. Huge news, dude. Tommy Fury won. He beat Jake Paul. I did not watch it. It was on Monday morning at 9am. I hate it when sporting events are on at a time that doesn't suit me. You know? It's like, do you want me to watch or not? Everything. Whether it be a sporting event, a comedy show, the world itself should revolve around my wants and needs. But nevertheless... This was an interesting fight because it's the first time Jake fought a boxer, in quotation marks. Tommy Fury's fought 10 absolute tin cans before and knocked them out, just like absolute journeyman hobos, basically. I think he's 8-0. I think one of his professional fights was actually against me, and he still took me to a decision. So 
Tommy Fury is a bum, but Jake Paul is a YouTuber. So in boxing, bum outranks YouTuber. And I've been watching these Jake Paul fights. I enjoy them. Uh, it's interesting because people tune in to see Jake Paul get knocked out. It's actually the most genius marketing thing of all time. Because if you're tuning in to see Jake Paul win, or you're seeing you're tuning in to see him lose, you're still tuning in, mate. Okay? Check the numbers. Check the numbers and then check your attitude at the fucking door. Because this kid's a millionaire, dude. He's younger than me. And yeah, I'd love that. I was thinking if stand-up was like that. Imagine if people came out to see me to like hopefully see me bomb. That would be sick. And I'd be coming out like, I'm going to I'm gonna show the world. Like imagine, right? Like some of these fighters, they're in an arena with like 15,000 people and 10,000 of them. Or if you're in Brazil or something, or if you're fighting in another person's country, the whole arena wants to see you, some of them die, okay? <laughs> or at the very least get knocked out. Imagine if comedy was like that. I was like in an arena in Brazil and I'm like, fuck you dogs, you know? <laughs> I'm coming out just swinging from the hip. That'd be so fun, dude. But yeah, I've been I've been on the wrong side of this Jake Paul thing since the very start, okay? I had a bet with Adzi on this one. I thought Jake Paul was going to kill Tommy Fury, okay? My thinking was he's fought these MMA guys who are a lot tougher than Tommy Fury. And also, Tommy Fury's pulled out twice. I don't know. Tommy Fury just didn't like his vibe that much. I had a bet with Adzi. And I lost. Sting so much more losing money to a real person rather than Sportsbet. Sportsbet's taken so much of my money that, or not even, I don't bet huge amounts, but they've taken it at such regular intervals that it's like, whatever, dude, you know? It's just pay to play. I'm really just throwing down a bit of money on Sundays for just a shot of adrenaline, okay? And... I didn't watch the fight. I was on the tools, but Adzi called me. I was following along sort of on Twitter and Adzi called me. And as soon as I saw Adam pop up on my phone, I thought, well, Jake Paul's lost. I was hoping at the very least if he was going to lose, he would get knocked out or at least someone would get knocked out, but that wasn't the case. And yeah, like I said, I've been on the wrong side of this freaking Jake Paul thing since the start. I bet on every MMA fighter uh, that Jake Paul has fought against. I bet on Ben Askren. Okay, Ben Askren is a wrestler who cannot box at all to save himself. But a guy I worked with said, mate, he's been fighting MMA for 15 years. You don't think he's ever hit a few mitts in the gym? I was like, holy fuck, Tommy, you're right. Okay, this is money for jam. Lost. I bet on Tyron Woodley. Jake beat him in a decision. Then he fought Tyron Woodley again. I thought, well, old T Wood's going to switch on for this one. T-Wood was later asleep, face down on the canvas that night. It was the knockout of the year. Then he fought, who did he fight off that? Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva was boxing actual guys. I thought, this is great. Money for jam. Anderson Silva lost on decision. He got dropped. And it's just like fucking so annoying, dude. And then, and the thing was that the question is, when Jake Paul was fighting these guys, can these MMA guys box? Can UFC fighters box? And it turns out they can't box even a little bit. Like, not at all. Like, after the Anderson Silva fight, it was like, okay, these guys can't box really at all. I know people say Anderson Silva's not bad, but he's also 47. But it turns out they can't box. But then after seeing Jake Paul lose to Tommy Fury, notorious bum, 
It turns out the UFC guys can't box even more than we thought. Like they can't, they can't box at all. It's a different sport, okay? All these boxers talking about, oh, the sweet science of boxing and you don't get it. Turns out they were fucking right, okay? We don't get it. I don't understand boxing at all. I just want to bet on the right outcome for once. I bet on Jake Paul. Yeah, okay? Whatever, dude. You know, these UFC guys, I'm sorry, is it not just punching? What What's different about it? It's a bigger glove. It should be easier to hit them, you know? I don't understand boxing, and I'm not going to pretend to, but fucking hell, dude. God, I want to win some money on a boxing fight. And Logan Paul was in the crowd, uh, you know, the prime energy drink guy. I don't mind Logan Paul. I got whatever amount of time for him. And this was hilarious. It was like during the third round, they did a mid-fight interview with Logan Paul. And Logan Paul, uh, he starts going on about how the Fury family are bitches, okay? Now, this is just sometimes, and this is the issue. This is why I didn't like Jake Paul at the start, because he's not funny. These YouTube guys aren't funny, okay? And I appreciate the irony of me saying this as the podcast I'm currently doing receives upwards of 250 YouTube views a week, okay? As the words are coming out of my mouth, this these words, as I'm saying them, are performing poorly on YouTube, okay? So the irony is not lost on me. And there's a lot of YouTubers I really love. But the Paul brothers, they're just not funny. Like, Logan Paul was saying that the Fury family are all bitches. You know, they're all bitches, the Fury family. And it's like, that just doesn't seem like that would be the case, does it? It's like, okay, the Fury family are all bitches. One of them is currently the heavyweight boxing champion of the world, currently, okay? The other one is in the ring fighting, as you're saying this. He's he's actively fighting in a pro boxing fight. The third one, the dad, is banned from the US for glassing a man in the eye and also has tried to fight Jake Paul numerous times in a street fight scenario, uh, and also has gang affiliations in England. So I don't know if I would potentially describe any of the Fury family as bitches, okay? What a truly wild example of just saying words, just putting them together in any order whatsoever, regardless of what they mean. The word bitch has lost all meaning thanks to white American guys, okay? Everyone's a bitch. Dude, I am a bitch, all right? I've been in one fight and I lost handsomely, okay? Uh, like, you know what I mean? I wear bucket hats. I am a bitch. The Fury family are not bitches, okay? That's just a a truly wild thing to say. It's like when Jake Paul was calling out Conor McGregor and he said, this is why I didn't get on the Jake Paul train originally. It's because he was like, your wife is fat and ugly. It's like, okay. Dude, I'm in for sledging. I love sledging, okay? <laughs> but like, at least at the bare minimum, just... Even if you're going to rip into his wife, I mean, I personally am like, probably don't rip into family. But even if you, let's say you're going to do that. Let's say you're going to have a go at the mother of this man's children. Dude, make it witty, you know, make it the least bit witty. Just saying she is a fat and ugly whore. I personally find that to be in poor taste, but it's just not funny. If it was funny, I could go in on it. But, uh, and he was saying that Conor McGregor is a bitch. It's like, what? He's a, okay. I mean, it doesn't really seem like it, but okay. So anyway, Jake Paul's called for the rematch with Tommy Fury. Dude, I'll tell you what, 
there's some things I want to do in this world. Fucking Oompa Loompa is one of them. But see, this rematch is not, okay? I'd rather see Jake Paul fight Nate Diaz. I think that'd be way more exciting. Tommy Fury said he wants to be a world champion boxer. And uh, so you, you can just do that, okay? These YouTube guys, they're always saying stuff they, they want to do as if they're being held back by the world. You know, Jake Paul's like, I want to fight real boxers, but oh, I just can't do it. Why won't anyone let me? It's like there are just so many real boxers you could fight whenever you want. And some people would argue he still hasn't fought one. And Tommy Fury, Tommy Fury looked all right out there, to be honest. I saw the highlights, stiff jab, whatever. I don't know anything about boxing, as my betting history with Jake Paul would indicate, okay? But pretty cool event. Um, I would have watched it, would have watched it if I wasn't working. So go on, Jake Paul, you know, it's good stuff. This podcast is brought to us by our friends at Manscaped. Are you ready to make a New Year's resolution you can actually keep? Because our friends at Manscaped have one for you, and it is proper hygiene, lads. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming and experts of men's hair removal have you covered for your much-needed resolution of feeling your best. Join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code word DARCY, that's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, for 20% off and free shipping. It's time to fully align your hygiene routine with the most stylish and premium grooming products out there. I've been using these products ever since they came on board and it's just so easy to use. The Lawnmower 4.0, lads. It's got that 4000K LED light on the end, reduces nicks. It's, it's nice shaving your downstairs region without the panic of thinking, am I going to slice myself open here and cause some sort of horrific harm? This thing is safer than any other thing out there and it's easy to maneuver. It's got the light. It's got the the guard technology to reduce nicks. It's absolutely phenomenal and the hygiene gives you a confidence that other blokes are simply lacking. When I walk around the pub, I look at other blokes. I know I've got the edge, okay? I know they're not on my level. I don't tell them, but my posture does. And that's thanks to the Lawnmower 4.0. So get amongst it. If you are looking to upgrade your hygiene and grooming routine, I simply, like I said, I've got to recommend the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. And that comes as part of the Platinum Package 4.0. The king of the package is the lawnmower itself. The trimmer has a ceramic blade and advanced skin safe technology that reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate parts, as well as that 4000K LED light on top. It's also the perfect size to travel with, which I do, and it's waterproof if you prefer to shave in the shower. Uh, The grooming routine isn't complete without applying Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver before showing off your 2023 self. These unique formulations take care of the smelliest part of your body and are a big boost to your confidence. The Platinum Package also comes with 2-in-1 shampoo and conditioner, body wash, and deodorant. To complete the set, Manscaped threw in their shed travel bag and anti-chafing boxer briefs as free gifts. These products are the absolute perfect follow-up after your New Year's gym or sports sessions. So once again, take advantage of Manscaped's best-valued bundle and save 20% off and free shipping with the code DARCY. That's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code word DARCY. Time to save and shave with Manscaped. Okay, up next, I'd like to talk about the New Zealand versus England test match. Dude, it's like the greatest test match of all time. 
I'll quickly whip through the result. New Zealand won by one run after following on, which is just anytime you follow on and win a test match. I don't know how many teams have done that, but I would say less than five. Double check that. I just made it up. But this is just another example of the fact that test cricket still cranks and don't you forget it, okay? And England and New Zealand, it's a battle of the Commonwealth. I am. This has just made me so ravenous for the Ashes this year. What better way, even though I think it's one all now in the series, even though England lost that last test, is there a better way to, to prepare for playing Australia than playing New Zealand? You know, Aldi Australia, Australia light, if you will. I can't believe it's not Australia, you know? This is just perfect. I'm, I'm loving the contests. Um, you know, England, let's say they go on to win this series. I, I'm skeptical of this whole baseball thing. They're playing this thing where they're playing extremely aggressive cricket. They're, they're all striking at 120 or something. Harry Brook is some sort of a reincarnation of Jesus Christ himself. Uh, I don't know if his bat has the Holy Spirit in it. I don't know what's going on with this kid, dude. He got 180 off 170 balls in a test match. And he, he averages like 120 in his test career or something. It's crazy. And it's shaping up the Ashes to just be a phenomenal series. That's what's all happening here. You know, England beating New Zealand, that's kind of like Tommy Fury beating Jake Paul in that, yeah, should you pull it off? There's one more test to go. That's great. But let's keep in mind, he is a YouTuber, mate, okay? So let's let's not get too far ahead of ourselves, okay? And I'm interested to see if this baseball shit works on Australia because it's working. It's working on everyone else. And the more impressive thing is that they're taking 20 wickets a test because I understand you can bat more aggressively. You know, you go out there and just start, I'm going over cover. Who gives a shit, Okay. Fuck all of this, dude. I'm just running at the bowler. I think Pat Cummins tried to play a bit of baseball last test, actually. You know, what did Pat Cummins play the worst shot we've ever seen in a test match arena? Or was he simply implementing baseball from the get-go? We'll never know, nor do we need to know. Poor Paddy Cummins has got some family stuff going on, so we'll move on from that. But, but yeah, dude, I understand the batting. I understand how you can go out there and be like, dude, I'm fucking playing some shots here. What's impressive is the wickets because you can't bowl harder. You know what I mean? You can't like you can set sort of aggressive fields, but you can't bowl. You can't be like I'm. You can't say to Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson, "All right, guys, we're doing baseball now. So what you're going to do is get way more wickets, much quicker than before." You can't just say that to a bowler. You know, once the ball leaves his hand, that thing's got a mind of its own. You know, that it could go, it might go down to the other end of the batsman. It might enroll in an arts degree. You don't know what this thing's up to, dude. So that's the impressive thing. I mean, Jack Leach is taking wickets. Jack Leach was pretty much a puddle last time I saw him in Australia. Okay. He was, and I know they said Joe Root said defensive fields. Yeah, dude. Okay. Let's talk about the balls he was bowling before the, before the field was even brought in. You know what I mean? As far as, yeah, he's got a long off and a freaking deep point and a, and a cow corner, but he's also bowling poorly. So I don't know if the fields gave him confidence or if he started bowling better and that gave the captain confidence to set better fields. 
Ben Stokes is doing a great job. There's a lot going on with England at the moment. And yeah, I don't know. Like personally, it this basketball thing, right? Going out there and playing so aggressively like this. If this works against Hazelwood, Cummins, Stark, Boland, and Nathan Lyon, I could see it working against Nathan Lyon, the right-handers, okay? If this ducket bloke, this left-hander, thinks he's just going to run at the goat and just sort of put him wherever he wants, you better you better look into Nathan Lyon's shiny, bald head for your future, mate. Give that thing a rub because I reckon you're running, running past a few, okay? Rub on Nathan Lyon's shiny, bald head and see your future demise, mate, okay? There's no way any left-handers are going to get one over the goat. But yeah, I mean, Scotty Boland is literally a bowling robot. So if you can on if you can freaking get after him, I mean, fair play. I'm interested to see. I've no I've no inkling either way. But yeah, it's going to be so freaking exciting, dude. It's interesting as well because England are on the rise as we're sort of on a decline. And we're not on a decline so much, you know? It's like with the graph like if you go in on a graph for a week, you're like, wow, this is, we're having the worst week ever. But if you go back to like a year on the graph, we're, we're still trending upwards. So it's a small dip on the Australia graph at the moment. And while I think we will continue to lose this series to India, I'm recording this on the Wednesday, third test is starting tonight. And I think we will continue to be pummeled by India. Then we have the World Test Championships against India in England. And you would say on paper, we should win that. And you would say on paper, we should beat England in England. The worry I have is that by the time we get to England, what's going to be left of our boys? You know, some of these guys are just going to be fucking morale is going to be through the floor from the absolute shellacking. You know, by the time we get to the World Test Championship, there's a couple of lads in our team. If Ravinda Jadeja said hi to them in a hallway, they might just burst into tears. So it's going to be tough. Okay. It's gonna it's gonna be tough, but it's gonna be super interesting, uh, and I can't wait. Okay, I absolutely cannot wait. If you told me, hey Bill, we're gonna lose four 0 in India, but it's just gonna rev you even more for the Ashes in England. I don't know, dude. I kind of like I'm not even really thinking about India anymore. Like the boys are still there, but I don't know. I don't, I'm not personally looking. I'll watch. I will watch it because. You got to watch something in this life, but I don't really have any connection to the how the team plays or the re- results of the game. I'm just sort of along for the ride at this point and looking forward to the Ashes. So, well done to England and New Zealand for one of the all-time great games. Well done, New Zealand. You know, England versus New Zealand. It's a red-hot t- test series, but it's still one of those things where it's like, yeah, dude, if New Zealand come to Australia, we'll just poleaxe them into next week, as we always do. So. Good to see, good to see. And then finally, I'll just finish up with the project for this week. The project this week, dude, this goes out to our gals. Still on cricket. The Australian women's team won the T20 World Cup pretty pretty easily, okay? I'll say that. You know, a lot of people say women's sport needs to catch up or women's cricket needs to catch up. That is an incorrect statement. Women's cricket does need to catch up but to Australian women's cricket, dude, because we are so fucking good, it's crazy. Okay, Meg Lanning, this was the fifth T20 World Cup she has won as captain. The fifth one. She is 30 years old, and she took half a year off to 
pretend to be a barista for six months. What the hell is going on? Like we are the most dominant, like the Australian women's cricket team could be the most dominant team in Australian sport at this point, let alone world sport. I mean, who is touching us? It's crazy. And Beth Mooney, 74 not out in the final. Uh, I've said previously that when Beth Mooney plays through the covers, it does awaken something in me spiritually. Okay. Last time I saw Beth Mooney play a lofted cover drive, I think I honestly did see God or at the very least have an understanding of his existence or their existence. Okay. That's what I'm saying. These are the sort of questions that were popping in, into my head after a Beth Mooney cover drive. And then player of the tournament was heavy pockets Ash Gardner. I mean, these chicks are just on fire. I don't know. Like there's no take. There's no, I don't really have anything to say about it. I will say that when the other teams catch up to Australia, women's cricket is going to be so red hot. The great thing about women's sport becoming so good is that it's just more sport. You know, UFC, football and cricket are my three favorite sports. And now I get to enjoy double the amount of it. It's just the best, okay? And anyone who's into a sport, check out, like, you're just missing out if you're not watching the women in 2023. It's beyond the pale, okay? We are through the looking glass here, dude. It's just it's just great viewing. So congratulations to the Aussie women's team. Uh, congratulations to me. I've completed yet another podcast. Uh, this is... What are we up to? Episode 220-ish. It's all good stuff. Uh, Rowan is up next. Uh, me and him went to Doug Stanhope and got literally out of our mind on Friday night. So a few yarns there. And bup, 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 come to my Australian stand-up tour. Hitting all the capital cities plus Newcastle and Wollongong in April and May. Melbourne, 11 shows. Come along. Uh, schooners after guaranteed, dude. You know, tickets are reasonable. I'm talented. It's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. So I hope to see you there. Thanks for listening. But you never know how to end. Never know how to end. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now. Way too gone, way too gone. All right, legends. Welcome back to yet another second half of Get Around Me. Joining me as always, <laughs> the king. He's asked that I refer to him as the king from now on on the podcast. The king of the second half. The king of the second half, dude. Rowan O'Neill, how are you traveling? I'm traveling well. Yeah, mate. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna rip this off like a band aid. Announcement. 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 Oh, you you came in here with all this energy, mate. What was the announcement? You're a swimmer now. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why last episode was so good. I just I just got out of the pool. Yeah, you had that post pool euphoria. And it really showed in the pod. It showed for sure, yeah. It's so a different thing. What's going on? Is this it, has something triggered you heading to the pool? Usually, if someone heads into the pool, something's happened. Um, I it think has it been going on land. <laughs> <laughs> it is land related. What sent me to the pool? <laughs> um, yeah, the, <laughs> I've managed to combine. A very laborious job where I'm I'm crouching in lots of weird positions and carrying lots of heavy things with weekends where I keep falling asleep on uncomfortable couches on my mate's place and then having the crookest back in the world. Yep, and swimming is fantastic for your back. It's 
better than not swimming. Yeah, my, it's, my it's dad swears better. by it. I'm just a fucking swimmer now. I found my exercise. Yeah. Well, and is there something to that? Because I'll I'll jump on the train here in that if you have like 14 beers and go to sleep, I will say, I don't know what I'm doing while I'm asleep, but it's like I'm hanging off my clothes hanger like a bat or something. I wake up with the most fucked up back. Oh, it's so fucking... I think whatever like kind of... I don't know. I think I just kind of like missile into the bed head first and just kind of lay wherever... That but may it's take so, me. like, it's embarrassing to fuck up sleeping because it's like you're just laying there. Mate, drunk blokes have been fucking up sleeping for so long. Oh, it's horrible, dude. But that's okay. That's in the past now, man. Now you're a, you're a supple boy. <laughs> you just move through. <laughs> Bro, I'm full speedos. It's are you, whoa, hang on. Are you going speedos? I'm full speedos. I'm now, nothing else. when you say speedos, are you going speedos or budgies? I would never go budgies. Because I don't see you as a budgie man. Mate, that is private school trash. <laughs> budgies are the most private school thing you could possibly do. Here we go. There's nothing wrong with black sweet speedos. And the beautiful, vulnerable feeling you get getting out of the stairs of a pool while being a six foot three man wearing speedos. Yeah. Mate. Do you ever give uh, give your package a little bit of a razzing on your last wrap on your last lap? I checked that it hasn't I haven't lost a bit of my speedos down, like they fall down a little bit. Oh, okay, yeah. But there's yeah. no real razzing. No, I'm not trying to impress the old boys. I thought you were maybe trying to get like a tactical half chub going. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate, it's all just game game fitness. I'm working up to speedos at the beach now. Whoa, black speedos at the beach. Also, so black speedos, so budgies. What's the difference between the vibe of someone who wears budgies and who wears speedos? Because hey, people speedos, just black speedos, that tells me, hey, I'm here at the pool for business. It's only business. There's nothing fucking silly about wearing co- like swimming costumes. You don't need to make it silly, mate. That's just your own insecurity. If you need to put a parrot on it or some bullshit. Here's the thing, though, because I know for a fact you have played rugby union in the past, mm. and those boys are pretty much single-handedly keeping the budgie smuggler well, company alive. Well, that's where my hate for budgie smugglers comes from, is that everyone thinks it's so fucking funny to put on their budgies, and I just never got it. I was like, you guys are all fucking... Mm. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what it is, dude? What is it about? And, and I'll shout out uh, enemy of the podcast, Pat Doherty. Mm. So he's got that joke about... Um, office blokes with their socks mm. what is it with with just like something a bit goofy that's not supposed to be there where people will just like froth it they love it like pat's got that joke where he's like oh like i hate my job i hate my life my boss is a prick but look and they pull up their pants koalas yeah yeah <laughs> like there's something about that where it just it does attract a um a certain type of individual mm. and if I was going to wear budgies with like what something. There's like a bunch of koalas on it. That might distract people from how pale and thick my thighs are. Yeah, because the other thing, mate, is as a pale man myself, is black just makes you look more pale. Mm, But there's such strength to it. I feel strong. I mean- I'm I'm probably three and a half months from showering naked with the fellas down at the pool. Dude, okay. I've been checking in. Dicks are still out. In, oh, they're in the definitely boy still out. The dicks are out still. Well, especially you're in a uh, a chlorinated pool facility. Yeah, mate. Uh, half those lads are swimming naked in the pool. I don't know what chlorine does to a man that, and I feel it as well. Now that Dude. I'm there, I walked in the other day. It was just three dicks. Yeah, in ascending order of size. They'll arrange themselves like that. They're good. And it's- I was like, I've got to slip into this section here. Yeah. I knew my spot. 
No, as you should, mate. But there's something about chlorine that when it goes to a man's head, it's just Woodstock. Yeah. <laughs> they're just they're just fucking dicks swinging around town. I I just I just swear I'm okay. I couldn't possibly get out of this changing room without drying my balls for 15 minutes. <laughs> That's what I love. I love the dragon of the feet. Yeah, yeah. Because if you want to get your dick out for upwards of 15 seconds, yeah. I understand that there's a need for that. Yeah. And if you don't want to do the whole towel trick, yeah. I get it. Mm. You know, I get it. We like totally on board. But when the guy, and there are some blokes out there where they'll just be into like their 12th minute of being completely naked. And it's like. I've come and gone. Yeah, it's crazy. And it, it's like at that point, you're milling around, mate. <laughs> you're lingering, brother. But it's so funny you bring that up because I was just at Freshy Beach on the Hill on Saturday, mm. just having a couple of beers, hanging out. And then there's the toilets at the beach. Mm. So I went to take a piss and I was a bit blazed as well. And I just came around the corner, just 60 year old guy, fully naked. Mm. And I was like, and I, for a millisecond, I was like, what the fuck? And then mm. I was like, Oh, that's right. Mm. If anything, uh, you know, I'm in his territory. Yeah, exactly. He does what he wants. Yeah, but there is something about it because, I don't know, other sort of change rooms. There's something about swimming where people are just like... I don't know. There's just there's just so much masculine energy hovering around that pool, Bill. You wouldn't understand. You got to come down one day. Yeah. Just I, feel the masculine energy. Dude, I honestly am like not a good swimmer. I could probably do like three, four laps. But once you're in speedos, you're like, fuck, I kind of got to get some laps in here because look what I'm wearing. This well, he, is ridiculous. Here's the thing. I'm you, wearing a swimming cap. Are you wearing a swimming cap? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> also, dude, if you do name brand speedos and do three laps and get out, that's when one of the old fellas is going to confiscate your speedos. Oh, yeah. And absolutely. says you can get these back when you hit double digits. Yeah, exactly. But is there a thing in the swimming community, like, let's say I come down, I'm cash, I'm a casual mm. swimmer, I don't know what I'm doing, I've got my cotton on boardies on, is that, uh, have I immediately raised some eyebrows down at the pool? Definitely. It's a, it's a lot of small dick energy hovering about, for sure. Yeah, because if I had an absolute hog, just an absolute baseball bat, mm. well, I wouldn't be wearing these boardies, would I? And or if you could swim, mate. Exactly. Mate. So, if you wear boardies at a pool, you, you are non-verbally emanating the vibe that not only can you not swim, you have a tiny dick. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you've, you're making up with the shorts. You're just like, I need some drag because my tiny dick is creating none. <laughs> it's, it's fucking embarrassing. And as a yeah, peak swimmer, as, already- as someone that's been upping, absolutely upping the speed of the medium speed lane- Dude, that's so funny. If you wear boardies, it's because you're already too aerodynamic. <laughs> Dude, would you ever um remember when there was those swimmers in the Olympics where like they were just breaking records? Oh yeah, those Yeah. Um, I don't know what like the power super the pa- suits the or something. Su- yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, I would love that. Like they worked out they were dude, like that would be dude, so they- funny if me and you got super suits. Well, do, do you know why I talk about this now? Because I was just talking to Sean Woodland, who's a big runner, and he's got back into it. And he said there's these runners now that have carbon fiber in them, and they're mate they're illegal for professional marathon runners because like they're just springs. Wow. You're, you're fucking Oscar Pistorius, but to the they're available to civilians. Oh, that's it. And I thought, man, if I got into running proper, like I went for a run last week, but I mean, nothing that would justify a purchase of that magnitude. Mm. Man, I would totally like, I would totally um, get into that. Get the springs. Yeah, same. If I'm going to be swimming regularly, 
I'll get some a performance enhancing suit. Yeah, the power suit. Dude, 100%. Remember the old super suits where like, I think someone just worked out. They were like, oh, this person's like not even in the water. <laughs> One guy's just literally running across the surface like a fucking ninja. I think they were like, I knew a guy with one. And the thing is, you had to keep buying them. Like they lost their speed after a while. Where did the speed go? I have no idea how the science of whatever was going on was going on. Some sort of juju. Yeah. But you had to like, you could only swim in them like if you wanted to stay that fast. And of course you want to stay that fast. Mate, medium lane. So is that what you're in the medium lane? Yeah, I'm in the medium lane. Is this is and- the slow lane just like 70 plus? Because um, I would go in the slow lane as, as a casual. Yeah, I think- I think just for your age demographic, after a couple of laps, you might be like, fuck, I, th- I think I can handle the medium line. Okay. I can think I can hang out where Rowan and the middle-aged women are swimming. Nice. But some of those middle-aged women, I have been setting the pace and they have been darting off into the slow lane. Oh, really? You've been bullying people in the medium lane? I'm, I might be outgrowing the medium lane. Oh, wow. So, that's exciting. That's very exciting. And I can see just by looking at you, you haven't- Lost any weight yet? Well, I've still got all the bad <laughs> habits, you see. And oh. it actually doesn't burn that much. It, it's not like crazy. Oh, okay. But I've still got a ton of- I've eaten two pies this afternoon. Wow. So. Yeah. I mean, even just today, I, we went to this Thai place for lunch. And I thought, am I going to really knock over a pad CU <laughs> on a Monday? <laughs> <laughs> I just saw a cardiologist giving me the bad news at like 43. Like, yeah, this thing's over. <laughs> And then, do you know what, though? Old high horse ivory tower bill. I just went around the corner and got a chicken and gravy roll. So, it's like, <laughs> I mean, I saved four bucks, but. He's still got the sunflower oil in him. Yeah, exactly. Oh, but, that's uh, hilarious. Dude, these guys at work today were like, fuck, Mondays and Tuesdays, man. They just go so fast. Really? And it's like, what world are you living in? I feel like did the whole world slows down today. Yeah, I had a James Blunt of a Monday. I was like, like horrific yeah absolutely horrific dude you have that yeah just time slows down i don't know i don't want to get into it too much but But, um, uh alcohol is a poison and when you drink alcohol for two to three days and then wake up on a monday and drive to work it's like oh yeah yeah this is i've had to really check my sundays at the door because (laughs) my blood is jelly (laughs) well dude after the volkanovsky fight i was like i have to quit my job because i can't (laughs) i can't make it in Dude, dude, here's the deal. I couldn't make it into work and I did go in and slugged it out. Volk didn't even win. He didn't even win. That's the thing, mate. If he did win, I'd be dead. <laughs> and also, as he drives me to work. <laughs> That's how fucked I was. Anyway. But mate, we had a bloody uh we had a bloody good weekend, speaking of. Yeah, that was a loose Friday. Yeah, we we have pretty. <laughs> what happens in Camaray? <laughs> Dude, you roll into a fucking outer suburb of North Sydney, thinking nothing of it, yeah, mate. It's an RSL bistro with an auditorium. The boys are gonna get fucked up. Dude, sometimes th- this can backfire. So what happened was we went and saw comedian Doug Stanhope at. Was it the North Sydney RSL? North's Auditorium. It's just called North's, I think. Or Northies. Northies. Yeah, I think it's the North's League Club. North's Club, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's basically just a big old RSL. There's a big old fucking castle filled yeah. with little weird lanes and pokey rooms. Yeah. And, and 
I don't know. I was lost. I resent the sign-in process of these things. Yeah, me too. I will say. I mean, you walk into some genuinely fantastic pubs and all they give you is a high five and a how you're going. (laughs) And then I'm schlepping into this absolute dog bowl of an institution. Uh, And I'm only here to see a comedian. I would never, ever, Mm. unless there was another obligation. And it's like, provide your passport and three forms of identification. It's like- Who's this for? I don't know. It's so annoying. Everywhere you see blue carpet and you don't want to go in, they're like, actually, we're not even sure if you're allowed in. I know. Fuck off. Sign up for a membership. It's like, ugh. Anyway. Some dude told me to take my hat off once at one of those places. And I'm like, this is, they're like for the diggers. I'm like, this isn't an RSL. And they're like, no, it's associated with an RSL though. Yeah. I'm like, it's a bowling club. <laughs> it's the manly bowler. They're like, it's associated with the diggers. Oh my god. I was like, dude, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> I don't I don't really care if I keep my hat on or not, but don't tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't I don't even know. Like I'm I don't even want to get into this because I have such disdain for RSLs. Like so mean. Like, dude, also Look, all right, we're gonna we're gonna give ourselves a hard pass here. Yeah, I just yeah. I, w- I want to keep the vibe up. <laughs> yeah. But I hate those places. And uh, mate, we're on the way into town. Uh, we were pretty tuned up on the way there, feeling good, seeing Doug Stanhope, and we had a run in with a kid on the bus, mate. I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Some kid, obviously. So we get on the one four five or whatever mm-hmm. to fucking. North Sydney from Rowan's place. Some, some young boy decides to disrespect us by you, playing music out of his phone next to us. Dude, this kid. So, we're obviously, we make a beeline for the back seat, okay? I don't care what year it is. I don't care how old I am. <laughs> I know a bus hierarchy when I see one. So, we go straight to the back and we are drinking a beer on the bus. But I would say outside of that, we are exceptional bus patrons. Absolutely. Talking quietly, having a good time. Hmm. This kid... And he went to the same high school as me. Mm. So, I was thinking, mate, you're, you're dragging my alma mater through the fucking mud right now. This kid just has TikTok open as loud as his iPhone 24 will go. Mm. To the point where I can't even hear Marky. It's so loud. It's so, it, And it's like... It's changing every three seconds. Yeah. And also, the other thing is, I think if he put it down five to six sound notches, mm. it's still too loud. Mm. Like, he's just blasting it. And then I was going to say something, but I didn't want to say anything. I, and then Marky just said, mate, do you mind trying to dirty that down? And this kid was like, what? Yeah. And he was like 15. Like, he was old enough to be a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then, and then that's fine. He took it well. Mm. Cut to, I want to say, 17 seconds later. <laughs> TikTok's just blurry again. It's like he thought we wouldn't notice it the second time or something. It was an interesting study on how much people can just immediately forget things. That's for sure. Do you? Because th- it's it- like he put the phone down and like kind of just like went a- just sat there for a while, and then the phone was just out again and was just like blaring again. It's like it. it well, this is the whole TikTok attention span. Thing, yeah, it was full attention span. Dude, he, he remembered not to play his TikTok on loud for the length of a TikTok. Exactly. And then he literally forgot we were there, and then he picked up his phone again, turns TikTok back on to full ball. And Marky's like, and at this point, I'm now I'm all in as well. I go, fuck this kid. I go, mate, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, that's right. He forgot the interaction that happened 20 seconds earlier. I was so fearful of older people when I was that age. I was just fucking keep your head down, mate. There was a bit of that. And then I get old and no one seems to fear me in any way. Well, like, 
I would have also enjoyed that kid fearing us a little more. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because, like, obviously I'm not an aggressive person or anything like that. I've been in one fight which I lost handsomely. But it was completely <laughs> lost on this kid that I could just put him through a wall. Like, all of us. None of us seem scary to you at all. And it's like, and also he was being a dick. <laughs> so it was just like a weird thing. And it just got to the point where he just sort of like, was like, oh yeah, whatever. And it was like, the vibe was like, are we willing to be a bigger piece of shit to this kid? Yeah, exactly. And we weren't. We weren't. We said a couple of things and he just kept pretending you couldn't hear us and going, what? What? And I'm like, mate, we're clearly mugging you off. Yeah. Mate, is there anything more annoying than when someone clearly hears you, but doesn't know what to say, so they just pretend they don't hear you? Yeah, he kept like pretending the bus was too loud or something. I was like, Brother, I'm three inches from your face. I know. And it's like, I will threaten you physically. <laughs> I'm not above it. Yeah, we're definitely not above it. I just but- want there to be some fear there so I don't have to. Exactly, mate. Just the slightest modicum of respect. <laughs> if this was Japan, you're dead. Yeah. You're literally dead. But anyway. So, yeah. Anyway, we get to the show. We see enemy of the pod, Pat Doherty there, mm. which is great. Do you ever have this, mate, where Pat pulled out of the event? <laughs> and then I actually loved it because I didn't even know Pat was coming. And then he texts through that, oh, mate, I'm sick. I'm not coming. And I was like, oh, no, I didn't I didn't know he was coming. Now I'm gutted. And then he texts through an hour later saying, I just had a nap. I feel great. I'm coming again. And I, it, I felt like it injected some hype. Mate, if you think that's a roller coaster, <laughs> imagine being my friend that I called that's a big Doug Stanhope fan and has no money and me being like, mate, you got a ticket if you want to come and him going, oh, fucking oath, mate. Thank God. <laughs> imagine the roller coaster of him being told an hour later, oh, no, you don't have the ticket anymore. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate, we'll cop that. <laughs> there's, there's, always, there's always some fucking blood and carnage behind a Pat Doherty, anything. Oh, mate. Yeah, I mean, just going, just getting a coffee with this guy is like, it's like three, three seasons of One Tree Hill just to get in there. But anyway, dude, it's so funny. I booked a gig in Lithgow with Pat and I've been texting him weekly being like, remember, this is happening. Mm. And he's like, what? And I'm like, please, for the love of God, write it down. <laughs> anyway, so we get there. Mate, I'll tell you what I loved about this. Easy access to the bar at this gig. Oh, how good. Like, you could get up and go to the bar during the show, but you didn't interrupt the show, per se. Mm. Um, and it was a Doug Stanhope Hope crowd, so everyone was just getting hammered. Mm. Um, bit, we, bit how com- would you describe the crowd? Is that what you were going to say? Oh, mate. There were pockets of it I didn't care for. Mate, look, I'm not going to... They were... Obviously, they were just... Most of them were just kind of dorks. It was kind of a dork alcoholic vibe. Mm. Mm, definitely. Definitely, um... There were some people that were some questionable stepdads there, that's for sure. Yeah. There some, were, some spaces. I think we saw a lot of spaces. We saw a lot of mohawks. I just- But I'm just reckoning with the fact that these are the people that kind of go to comedy shows a lot of the time. Yeah, you said that. Com- comedy fans, they're kind of not that cool, and which sucks because I'm also a comedy fan. I know, yeah. It was a bit of a, like, holding the mirror up, and it's like, I don't want to look at it. No. <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of that, but uh, no, it was a good crowd. It was a great show. So much fun. Fucking unbelievable show. Yeah. Just really, really good. I was so happy. Yeah, I enjoyed the fuck out of it. Um, the white wine by the bottle. Me oh, and, yeah. Me and Marky got two white wine by the bottle for the show. Well, this actually sort of explains a bit later what happened to you, but- Mate, so we go we go to the bar. Obviously, you got to load up for the show. Yeah. 
I say I get two green demons and no questions, okay? Mm. And uh, Rowan completely changes the vibe of the whole evening when he says, <laughs> he says, I'll get two beers and a bottle of white. <laughs> and we're like, fuck it, hell, here we go. And, After and- just <laughs> treating myself to a little snack pack of Mars bar. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, you were all over the map, mate. Mate, when you're at Northeast, that's what I kept saying to Mikey. I'm like, mate, we're in fucking Camerone. <laughs> <laughs> this is out of north, northern suburbs of Sydney. Anything could happen. Yeah, Camerone, the party capital of the world. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but fucking earth. Yeah, mate, the show was great. Um, I was going to give away his pedophile joke. Is that in poor taste to say, I don't think this would. I don't think it would matter. I oh, think you're allowed to quote his jokes. Yeah, is that cool? He yeah, had this yeah. one bit. It was like the probably the darkest thing I've ever heard anyone say. <laughs> I don't know if this will get like my podcast and put on some sort of a list, but dude, uh, he said, um, he goes, do you think pedophiles uh, who fuck their own children are playing the long game? Oh, true. And I he went in on that, that for a bit. And I was like, and he was like, at the gender reveal with your fingers crossed. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> and it, that was like a four minute bit. Like, yeah, yeah. and I was like head in hands being like, this is crazy. But I was laughing my head off. Yeah. But that was probably maybe the, one of the darkest like chunks anyone's ever done in while yeah, I've been there. That I've seen live, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And it did well in the room. Yeah. Like there were some people who were not about it. Mm. But at the same time, it's you're at a Doug Stanhope you're show, a, so you're at a Doug Stanhope show, exactly. You're about to black out, mate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which happened to you later. So afterwards, mate, we got on the schoons pretty aggressively. Yeah, I don't. I'm. Were you with me when I smoked a joint in the smoking section? Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Cop that northeast. I have no memory from about there. Yeah, we blazed one in the in the beer garden, um, and then Rowan was cut off twice. <laughs> 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 and then uh, when they came back um, the third time to make sure you were still cut off, you were asleep sitting up. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. So yeah, no, you no, went off a cliff, mate. Yeah, hardcore. Hard. I knew that was... As soon as Marcus came back with the second bottle, I was like, oh, we're fucked here. Of white wine? Yeah. Oh, my God. Why'd you do that? Well, I didn't ask it. Well, well we thought it would take... We'd drink one bottle over the entire show. And then I got that G'd up from Rathy, our mate opening for him. Oh, and who killed. Killed. And I was just yelling, yes, yes, this is the best. And I just, mate, like a lot of Australians, I have a, a fraught relationship with drugs and alcohol, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, fucking hell. It was so fun, though. Yeah, it was great. I woke up in the morning just in an absolute state. Um, but apart from that, all good. All good. I'm going to say in the hood, but I don't want to say that. <laughs> What else? Do we have anything else to talk about, mate? Oh, I wanted to run this past you. This was pretty... What about... I don't even know how to just get into this, but I was at my parents' place for dinner on Wednesday night and we're just talking about... I don't know. I don't even know what we're talking about. People are always telling me I've lost weight. They're always, It's all people talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I've been losing weight for about fucking two years, allegedly. <laughs> I think I lost like seven kilos like two and a half years yeah, ago. Yeah, it was a while ago now. Yeah, and I've looked, I, I, like I'm looking in the mirror. Yeah. And I've been the same for months. But anyway, so people always saying, oh, you know, you, you, you're losing weight, Bill. You're, you're bloody, you're, you're rake thin, mate, this sort of stuff. Mm. I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool. And then um, my sister was like, uh, she's back in the gym and she was saying like, oh, like the fashion for girls is to have big quads now and all this and and my mum was like, oh, you're so th- you're so thin. And everyone's talking about body types and stuff. And my dad just goes, 
Yeah, well, Bill's got the best quads in the Darcy household. <laughs> How does that feel, mate? Best quads in the Darcy family. You're looking at him. Fuck, I think I got better quads. Mate, the thing is, I don't even really have quads. I've just got tiny, skinny legs. Mm. But look at that, mate. Best. I'll give you a bit of that. There's a bit of a flex. It's got good to know that your dad's shouting you out for something. Mate, i got to say, <laughs> I was revved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it feels good. You want to really get behind someone, give them a compliment that firstly, they don't deserve in any way, shape or form. <laughs> and secondly, that they would just never see coming. But also, you may have the best quads in the Darcy household if everyone's quads are shithouse. Well, here's the thing, mate, is I could be best of a bad bunch. Mm. Yeah, and I, I will take it. I've never really had a lot of pride in my quads. Look at that, mate. Is that doing much for you? It's doing a little bit for me, mate. Yeah. You're looking good. Mate, now I'm thinking as well. Check out my calves, bro. Look at how nuts that is. Yeah, you got nice calves, that's, mate. Yeah, that's insane. I Actually, that reminds me. My girlfriend never compliments my calves. Dude. What the fuck? That's the thing with women, mate. Compliments are a one-way street. One-way street, mate. Say the most beautiful thing in the world, and she says, "You're you're such a sweet man." I'm like, that does literally nothing for my ego. Send it back this way, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell me how many people I could absolutely destroy in a fight. <laughs> I do, I'm not interested in being called nice. I'm not being interested in being called cute. I'm not interested in any of those things. So we need to cut them out of the dialogue, dude. How do you feel if someone calls you handsome? Because it makes me feel like a really a uh, cute 12-year-old, uh, like a fucking church choir. Oh, you know, I- wearing your nice button-up. That's mm. how I feel when someone says you're handsome. <laughs> no, I don't mind handsome. I'll cough handsome for sure. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, but cute, nice, lovely, all these things have got to go. I like being called lovely. Oh, Billy, you're lovely. That's that, that's great. <laughs> I want to be called cutting. Yeah. Oh, Rowan, that guy's always up to something. <laughs> He's about that grind set lifestyle. Like, Babe, why don't you ever compliment my grind set lifestyle? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm such a mover and a shaker. Why don't you ever compliment my fucking unstoppableness? <laughs> <laughs> what do blokes want to be called? Because, mate, here's the thing. My dad said I've got the best quads in the family. Mm. And, mate, honestly, I've taken that to heart mm. and I've enjoyed that. Mm. I'm going to start complimenting some of the lads' pins when I see mm. they deserve it. Mm. Um, what, are some, what are some things that blokes never get complimented on? Because I think pins is one of them. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Maybe, to be honest, <laughs> a lot of body stuff, really. They don't get a lot of body stuff. <laughs> well, Mac has been hitting the gym a fair bit recently and he's been getting some compliments. Yeah, yeah. He does look good, though. But here's the thing is you can really only compliment a bloke's arms. Oh, I don't know. If you get pretty into the gym, those boys fucking, they notice things. Oh, yeah, gym guys. Gym guys. It's yeah. just like they'll notice a small increase in someone's traps. Yeah, or like your triceps are really popping today. Mm. Yeah, but I think they're just projecting their own vanity onto you at that point. Oh, definitely. Because they want an equally specific compliment coming down the pipeline their way. Yeah, exactly. What's the best compliment you've ever got? I'm trying to think. I think I've got maybe three of them. Because this one about my quads has rocked me <laughs> yeah, to the core. I've got so few. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've been in committed relationships where I haven't coughed that many. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You can definitely... um, I don't know. I don't know what the nicest compliments that anyone's ever said to me. Yeah. I, I don't think I'd even remember. I don't know either. I like it when people compliment my hair if it's a good length. 
Nice. Because I know when my hair's on and when <laughs> it's off. Because you have fucking some shit house haircuts as well. Well, here's the thing is there are times when my hair is not good. Mm. So I like to hear when it is, mm. you know? And the thing with my hair is I don't know it's too long or too raggedy mm. until maybe three years later. <laughs> okay? A, liter- a guy literally sent me a photo the other day being like, just got tickets to your Perth show. Like, uh, I can't, like loved the first one or something. It was like 2019. I just got hair like down on my shoulders. Mm. And I'm like, oh, wow, it looks bad. Mm. But here's the thing. I only found that out in 2023. Yeah, it is rough with the stuff like that. Dude, I had a rough one where this isn't appearance related, but it was like I had this pair of sunglasses where one of the arms fell off, like broke off, and I just continued wearing them. And I was like, whatever, they work. They're they're shielding my beautiful blue eyes. And then we were on like a long holiday and then I saw some photos of me at the end of like the three-month holiday. And I was like, oh, I look. Absolutely insane in every photo. I've got these sunglasses that are like off kilter. Yeah. That's the worst one is when you've been doing it for ages. Because mm. I used to have some sunglasses as well. And then I started seeing this girl and she was like, they're horrific. Yeah. I, and I do like, like that about women. Yeah. But it's like, as soon as she said it, I was like, God damn it. She's right. <laughs> but the worst part was um, I had just been to a wedding the previous week. Oh. And I wore those sunnies in a lot of photos. Oh. They're fucking, you know what I mean. But sometimes from a distance, sunglasses can look kind of good. Were they? When was? When did this happen? Ah, uh, fucking years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, because uh, you're currently rocking servo sunnies. Oh yeah, I am. But they aren't bad ones. They're not bad. They're actually from a food works in some town in the Barossa Valley. <laughs> well, mate, that's where good sunglasses come from. Yeah, I don't the think Barossa Valley. <laughs> I think they're anti-polarized. I think they. <laughs> They intensify the sun into my corneas. <laughs> yeah, that's actually quite common with cheap sunglasses. They dilate the pupil and let more sunlight in. So you need to get... My dad, my dad had the operation where they cut shit out of your eyes. What is uh, that? I don't know what it's called, but it's mainly from just like glare off the water and just like time and shit. Yeah. And so you can't... They can't put you under for it because your eyes will roll back. Uh, so they've got it opened... And then you just nah. watch the knife coming towards your eye. <laughs> that's that's too much. Yeah, so that's what the food works for. Oster Valley is going to give you. You're kidding. Totally. It says they're polarized. Oh, of course. Well, Chinese manufacturers have never lied before. Yeah, because here's the thing with me is I do wear sunglasses like religiously <laughs> all the time, but like they're not uh, expensive. And the only reason is is because I just lose them. Yeah, me too. I recently bought some expensive ones. And then I went for a surf in them and I lost them. But like you understand that that was a dumb thing to do. Oh, absolutely. But I was walking to the water and I was like, fuck, I've still got my sunnies on. Uh, so can I, will I walk 50 meters back to the car or will I kind of risk it? And for the first 15 minutes, risking it was pretty fun. And then I lost them. And then every wave I caught was just me scanning the bottom of the ocean for oh sunglasses. It was such a sad affair. You're a fucking idiot. Yeah, it's like every day you just get reminded of what a fucking moron you are. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's a shame. But uh, Things come doing? and go, Billy. Things come and go. My mate Ben said once, he was like, money comes and goes. I'm not too bothered about it. And I just... <laughs> I just, I'm never not thinking about that. <laughs> that set up about 10 years of bad behavior. <laughs> I know. But uh, 
No, I'm getting back on my feet, Matt. I'm, I'm going on the books at my landscaping job. So really, yeah. So I'll be I'll be a real person again. I will exist in the government's eyes. So two two jobs, both on the books. Well, one of them's invoice only. So but that's still books. Still books, yeah. So it's not it's not the cash economy anymore. No, no. So I'm back. You can see me. I'm no longer the invisible man. That's sick. So I'll be able to jump on the lease as well. Nice. That's good news. It is good news because it. Unfortunately, the Sydney rental market has never been worse. I know. I think in human history, it's never been worse. It's never, ever been worse. And because I'm talking about it all the time, and because everyone in the fucking city is talking about it, it's like all my Facebook and Instagram ads are like a black and white photo of a real estate agent. And like, what does Dean think about the upcoming market? And you're like, mate, I want to fucking curb stomp Dean. I don't give yeah. a shit what he cares about. Dude, I've like literally like run away from videos on Instagram of like open homes with like a hundred people lined up. Mm. I just like peg my phone at the bed. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to see it. I don't want to be involved. You know, conceive, believe, achieve or whatever. Like I can't let that in. Mm. But, mate, I was thinking, are you willing, like, I'm willing to go anywhere now. That's what the rental crisis has done for me, mm. is I had a very specific idea of where I wanted to live. <laughs> now, the Lord is my shepherd. Mm. Jesus Christ has taken the wheel. That's very true. We're yeah. in the backseat of uh, of JC's Commodore. Mate, in this economy, anywhere. Dude, you cannot afford to be picky. Do you know what rattled me to the core? Is I was telling Cashman how we're moving to the city. And he was saying, oh, Cashman, I hate when a smart guy says something. Yeah, mean. yeah. You mean lawyer slash television comedian Tom Cashman? He's literally just killing it. He, he apparently, um, or I think McGowan said that Cashman's like brother or sister and their partner, they're both doctors, and they've been rejected from ten properties. Oh Christ! <laughs> but I heard this before I was going on stage. Oh, oh, my God. How did I even deliver anything? Dude, my girlfriend has literally been jing me up, being like, Ron, you're a first, you're apprentice. There's so much stability in that. It's like, I make twenty four fifty an hour. There are doctors getting rejected. I think our leg up in the, in the market mm. is because we're still on the tail end of the whole landlords don't want 23-year-old blokes. Yeah. We're still on the tail end of that. Mm. We're not old enough to be considered like good tenants and our gender is a is still a red flag. Obviously. If you've got a if you could choose between a beautiful yuppie couple and their one month old kid or or three fucking Irish bloodhounds. <laughs> Two of which the blacked out because they went to Northies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well done, lads. Yeah, one of which is not allowed back at Northies. You know what I mean? Like we're not exactly like like some people look great on paper. Mm. We don't look great on paper. But we are incredibly personable. If we get to, if we get to the handshake stage, do not let us in the room unless you want to be charmed. <laughs> but I'm afraid I've gone to two open homes. Both of them, Marcus is calling me, being like, "Mate, you got to get some FaceTime with the agent." There's like 60 people there, and they do not care for FaceTime. Oh, You're fuck. just a man in a line. Jesus Christ. But I think the leg up we do have is our living standards might be a little bit lower than the average person. Exceptionally low, yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm willing to live in a shithole. Yeah. I just need a little bit of space. I just can't be- A little bit of space. Crammed. Yeah. But, mate, here's the thing is, I'm willing to go anywhere now. Could I interest you in the eastern suburbs? Could you? Do you think that's more accessible than- um? I think so, yeah. Really? Oh, I can't. Fuck that, man. Fuck the eastern suburbs. Really? I could do it. But it's like, let's just get on a train line for once in our life. Because it's like, it's even, it's quite 
hard to get from the east to the city. A little bit, yeah. I don't know. We'll work it out. We'll work it out. Dude, uh... Because Marky's got to get to fucking Bankstown. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. Hmm. Mate, we'll find somewhere. We'll find somewhere. And, you know, I actually like the uncertainty. <laughs> Dude, I got a wildly uncertain few months ahead of me because... <laughs> What? Well, it's just good to hear. <laughs> you, you're also coming off the back of a few uncertain months. Dude, you I'm, might clock up a nice eight months of uncertainty. Yeah, I know. Mate, I'm telling you, November 1st, mm. something switched in the old universal dial. The, the great man upstairs <laughs> pressed, the, pressed the wrong button or something, but I can pinpoint it to November 1st. I've been on just... Ice skates ever since. <laughs> <laughs> Not even ice skate. Roller skates on an ice ice lake. Yeah, exactly, dude. Like I'm driving a fucking lawnmower on the M4. Like mm. I'm just I'm in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> Things are a mess. I'm zigging when I should be zagging. And the room's too bloody hot. <laughs> the room's fucking hot as shit. Rowan's so sweaty. Um, but dude, when stuff is going a little bit off kilter. Uh, do you ever feel like I almost I, I love it a bit because I go I like it a bit I too. go mate swings go both ways brother <laughs> I I think like fuck it oath you know well I'm just all about just well good thing you're a fucking stoic Ron yeah well mate I'll, good thing I'll, you're a stoic in the wind a hundred percent dude I welcome the challenges exactly I welcome them and here's the thing is now I'm in a position where this tour I'm about to embark on mm. could legitimately make or break my life. <laughs> And let me tell you, you do not want to back Billy Darcy into a quarter. I've gone on the books at the landscaping company. I'm not afraid to do anything, okay? I'll come out fucking swinging. Oh, that's so funny. But yeah. This tour where he plans to get annihilatedly drunk in a few different cities. Dude, I'm telling you, swing big and swing hard. <laughs> Adelaide's not going to win this time. Adelaide, you son of a bitch. Let's <laughs> go. Imagine being such a weak cunt and such a pisshead that Adelaide sent you for a spinner. Like, Adelaide torpedoed the tour. The city of churches is just too fucking wild for me, mate. I know. I, I missed a midday. You missed a midday flight. 11 a.m. 11 a.m. Completely untenable. <laughs> Dude, and here's the thing is like, you just can't spin that. <laughs> you can't say, oh, the Uber was late. It was like, did you order it at 10.30? Like, <laughs> what happens in the city of churches stays in the city of churches. Mate. Oh my God. Yeah, it is. It is and do you know what? It's all fun and games until you're handing $500 over at the Qantas desk. <laughs> <laughs> Made me in Melbourne just waking up to the dudes I partied with being like, you you make the flight okay? And I'm just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> well, your one was wa- your one was almost worse than mine in that. It was so predictable. It was so predictable. Obviously predictable. So my one is I had an 11 a.m. flight. Mm. So I'm thinking <laughs> all bets are off. I'm blowing this the fuck out. And... All I got to do is just wake up at like 8.30. Mm. Pretty bloody achievable. <laughs> it's pretty achievable. You probably could have even woken up at 9. I mean, 9.30 would have been an improvement. <laughs> <laughs> Your one was reprehensible. Mm. Where firstly, uh, you have a 6 a.m. flight. Is that right? Um, Yeah, I believe so. I Maybe it's, 7. It's, I think earlier. Yeah, I think 6. Yeah, 6. So you go... I'm going to go to this warehouse party with these guys and I'm going to go all night and go straight to the plane. Mm-hmm. You attempt to take a power nap. 
Yeah. For what? Like 20 minutes? Man, I don't- Well, it's just I couldn't go all night. And I don't know why I thought I'd go all night. <laughs> Historically, never bended. I'm a very sleepy man. Also, you- you Like, you fall asleep more than anyone. Anyone I know, yeah. In fact, that very trip- Or was this a- We went to Melbourne twice. No, no. I've only been to Melbourne with you once. Oh, yeah, yeah. The so night before, the I night, passed Literally out the night before, we were at a kick-ons and you fell asleep- in the middle of someone's living room. And it was like 11.30. It was- No, it was like- It was like 1.30. Was it? Oh, yeah. no, good on me. Good on you, mate. <laughs> yeah, but, no. And even though we were at a stranger's house, you were just like, I'm out. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming. Yeah. But- And then the next night after that, where you've been tucking out at 1am <laughs> the night before at a kick-ons, <laughs> then the, um, it was actually good for me because they all went out to, to revs at like fucking 3am and they were like- geared up, ready to go, like mm. pingers in, in hand. And I was like, I've got to do an hour tomorrow night. I can't mm. I can't ping up until the sun comes out. Mm. I have to engage in the arts. Mm. And uh, the, the sacrifices you make for your art, the mate. The sacrifices I make no one for ever, my art. No one ever bloody tells you. The sacrifices Billy makes. And here's the thing, mate. They see you killing to 81 people the next night. <laughs> They don't, they don't see what happens behind the scenes. They don't understand the dirty meth pingers that were passed down. I'm like, no, mate, no. I'm going to have to stay on this couch and smoke this girl's weed and maybe do a couple of nangs alone while Rowan's asleep on the floor. And that's the sacrifice. And you know what, mate? A lot of people at the open mics don't want to hear that sort of shit. <laughs> they don't want to hear the, the grittiness, <laughs> you know, what it really takes. They just want to, they just want to hear about the, the 21st in Adelaide Hills where you're- <laughs> Getting free drugs from all, all answers. You know? They don't want to hear about the setting the alarm for 9.30 to make your 11 a.m. flight. <laughs> they don't want to hear about that, mate. They don't want to hear about the strength it takes for a man like me and a man like Billy to not really have any beers with lunch <laughs> when we got a show that night, to decide to only have two yeah. and not have three. They don't want to hear about blazing at midday so you're good for the show. <laughs> 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 Deciding to stop blazing at about around three thirty and go for a nice little walk yeah. to stay clear they and don't keep want your memory intact. They don't want to hear about you sculling Red Bulls at five pm. <laughs> the Seven Eleven sandwiches eaten directly after the gig. <laughs> oh, they don't want to hear about the laps around the block as you have a panic attack. The chicken triple waiting for you when you're off stage. <laughs> Because there isn't time to eat beforehand, nor is there time to eat afterwards. Yeah, God. <laughs> I was going to keep doing that. But <laughs> <laughs> we could forever. I know. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, our lives have led us in the direction where that is a specific thing that we know a lot about. <laughs> also, I should clarify, I've never blazed before my solo shows. No. So, come, come on out, guys. I wouldn't do you dirty like that. I'll be hungover, but always in the pocket. But boy, does he like really just... Treating every other Saturday like it's his own. <laughs> yeah, I will say, if you see me doing a an unpaid gig on a Saturday night, I mean, you've seen comedy. Mm. Have you seen Billy Darcy? <laughs> <laughs> you've seen some bloke who looks like him. <laughs> you've seen Billy Darcy taking a few liberties in the room. Yeah, you've seen a guy really drag his feet. <laughs> Riff it up, etc. But, uh, but yeah. I don't know, dude. Have you got anything else to say? Oh, uh, not really. No, I don't How think nice so. is this weather, Ben? Yeah, it's nice. Good podcasting weather, mate. Oh, thank God. Yeah. The beads of sweat at your at the 21-minute mark from you weren't there today. Mate, when it comes to podcasting, all I can ever think about is the seasons. The I different know. seasons that you can podcast in. 
Dude, and here's the thing is there's summer and and the better ones. Hmm. Because air conditioning, that could be something to put down for our next pad. Yeah, I think if the doctors aren't getting accepted, I think air conditioning may be off the table. Well, that's the thing. The thing I'm nervous about is that macro and ads, you get a new pad and then I'm in the lurch Mm. through the inability to find a place in the city. Yeah, well, my parents are going on a extended holiday and I'll be kicked out of the house. So, I've just got to. Oh, okay. So, it's like- Well, there you go. We're going to find a place. Yeah, there you go. Manifest no matter how destiny. shit. Yeah. No matter how many tiny little rooms we have to look at. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Once you once you reach a point of true desperation, mm. that's when you just go, let's go. That's when it's- Well, obviously, me and Marcus are going to act like we're a gay couple. Got to. Of course, there is no way to, in this economy, get a three-bedroom house as a straight man. No. Who who wants 28-year-olds in their house I think that aren't fucking each other as men? No yeah. one. No one. Do you know what it is? If, if three blokes move into an apartment, the main thing you could do to class up your application is have sex with each other. Exactly. <laughs> as crass as that sounds and as crass as it may seem- As all- poorly timed as it may be during Pride Month. Exactly. All they hear- is that these boys are going to put some nice vases around the place. Yeah. And they're going to treat it with a bit of respect and that carpet is not getting any ash on it. Yeah. If you're not having sex with each other, I think landlords just assume you're just going to be shitting in the corner. (laughs) 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 And fair play, straight men, we have set a little bit of a bad precedent over the last 2,000 years. I mean, pub bathrooms are a disgrace. what we've got up to. Yeah. So sometimes there's a- 28-year-old straight bloke, you have to kind of- The cross you bear is all the other 28-year-old straight blokes before you. I know. And there is some absolute grubs out there. But anyway, mate, thanks for coming along. Good stuff. Catch you later. Catch you later, boys.